Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to the evening service. I hope that you've had a... I'm a bit hollow. I hope that you've had a, a great, great week. So before we, before we start, let me first emphasize. I have a slide to emphasize called the soaking. Um, that's in about two weeks from now, on the 26th and the 27th of July. We have a soaking weekend that will take place. If they can just put on the slides, then I will be able to um, give you guys more details. So there's the soaking. Soaking in His presence. Um, it's going to be from the 26th to the 27th of July at YWAM Base um, and it's 250 per person. So it's a, it's, yeah, it's a Friday overnighting and then Saturday you depart for uh, 2.30 again. So if you want more info, you can just go to the, to the info desk and they will be able to help you. So soaking, if you are unfamiliar with soaking, another good term that we can use is meditation. Meditating on the Word and the presence and resting in God. So there's a time for that where we rest and we rest in God's love and we rest in God's presence and it's good. We always use an example of a cow. So if you know a cow eats grass, then it swallows it and then it brings it out again and it continues chewing it. And you should sometimes do that with the word where you read it, you swallow it and somewhere again you bring it back up and you think and you eat and you chew over the word of God again. So before we start, I, the, the word that was shared, the prophetic word that was shared is quite, quite amazing. And we do notice in, in the time that Namibia is and where it is, but we, we do not settle for that and say this is the way it's made or this is God's purpose. We're unsettled and saying this is not what God intended. This is not what God wants. But guess who is going to use to transform it? It's you and me. So as much as we get prophetic words, and these are great because those are stirring us, they're showing us, um, but we use and we rise up and say, Lord, if you said this, if you're calling out this, then we want to take part. And I want to invite you to take part in the transformation of Namibia. So do not just come to the point where everything has changed or rejoicing comes and you say, oh, I'm so glad, but you never took part. So take part, take action now. Reach someone now. If you're in places, wherever you go, engage someone now. Reach and care for the lost now to see the transformation of the city. So I just want to encourage you to take part. And then yesterday, so I want to share another one, one thing. Yesterday we had spiritual family class. I'm not sure if any one of you sitting here was there yesterday. Um, Pastor Caroline. Yeah, us, but from the, from the staff, but someone who attended it. And you know what, what was amazing? I was opening with the introduction on spiritual family. And I love teaching on those things because I love the movement. So I love what every nation is called for. I love why God has placed us in the body of Christ and the calling and the man that He has placed on our life. I'm excited about it. I'm very passionate about that. And, and one thing it says, there's a clear distinction between a guest, a visitor, and a family member. And that's clear. Even in your house, when someone comes to visit you, there's a difference between the visitor and people living in the house. 
And there's three distinctions we make between people that are visiting us and that are family. Here's the three things. A visitor do not carry the heart, the mission, the, mission, the vision, and the values of the church. But the moment you say you're family, you carry the heart and the calling of this movement. So I want to encourage you that if you say you're family, that means you connect with us, you're in a connect group, it means you give here, your tithes, your offerings, it means you serve here, it means you unite here, you do every single thing possible to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And that's what it means to be family. So I hope that if you have been visiting us for about two or three times, um, or if you have not done spiritual family and you have been visiting us, I encourage you to attend the next one. It's really something to know who we are as a bigger family uh, in the body of Christ. Man, this thing is F. Okay. So I just want to encourage you that if you have been uh, here so, and you're not serving, get involved. If you're not serving in this service, but you enjoy attending this service, get involved in the service. If you're not serving, we classify and say you're a visitor. You're enjoying the inheritance. You're enjoying our benefits. You love our worship. You love our preaching. You love our coffee and tea. But man, I won't lift a finger. <laughs> but I get involved, get involved, get involved. And it's why God has placed us in family. is to be involved and to work with His family. So... Last week we started on a series called the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Chris was preaching and he's sending his greetings all the way from Florida, the USA. So tomorrow they will be enjoying the World Conference while you're enjoying your 8 to 5 job. So um, don't worry, you can save in three years from now. There's another World Conference, so make sure that you're opening a savings account this year already. So that you don't come in the third year and say, now i got to stand in faith. God has to come through. But you had three years to plan for going to the World Conference. So don't be caught off guard. Stand in faith for three years. Alright, so Pastor Chris started this series on the person of the Holy Spirit. And for the next, I think if I'm correct, the next two weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks, we're going into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight I'll be focusing on a certain gift that the Holy Spirit gives us. And when we take a look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, they probably give the best description when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. Um, Paul was directly answering the questions the Corinthians gave him, and he was answering on this topic of prophecy, and of tongues, and of how it works, and when should it happen, and when should it not happen, and who should have it and who shouldn't have it and what else should we desire and how this all functions and comes together. And so Paul starts off in Corinthians 12 and he says that this, there's this one Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so amazing. The Holy Spirit is so, so amazing. And the moment we can grasp the fullness of the Spirit, I want to almost say you will live in the fullness of life. You'll actually understand what it means to walk with God. It's when you know how to walk with the Holy Spirit. And he says there's this one Spirit that has many gifts. It gives many gifts. This one Spirit, this one Lord, this one God. And, this, and it, and, and it gives us different gifts. And then he moves to saying this, there's this body. 
And every, every arm, every, 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 every um, part of the body has this function. And this function is for a reason. It says the manifestation of the Spirit is for the common good. So that means the manifestation of the Spirit, why the Spirit manifests, is for the common good. It's for the good of all of us. And so there's these functions in the body, and that, uh, that function builds the body up and it keeps the body moving. So you can imagine if your hand don't feed your mouth, your tummy gets empty, your belly shrinks, and later you die. So there's a function. So every gift has a function. And it's so often that we take the gifts and we make it about us. We really, we really overemphasize the gift and the gift that I have and I'm so gifted. But you miss the point of why you have that gift. And the question that tonight that we need to answer is then, why do you have the gift? Or why should you desire the gift of tongues? And we're going to look at four different tongues. If you didn't know, the Bible actually talks of four different tongues. I will talk about mostly three because the last one I'm a bit unfamiliar with. But I'll mention them all to you. There's two public tongues and there's two private tongues. And we'll look at them and to say, why do God give us these gifts? And there's a very important role to them. And it's, it's assured that we should use it for a very specific reason. And so Paul starts Corinthians 12 off like this. And he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. I don't think I placed it on there. Sorry. Now concerning spiritual gift, brothers... I do not want you to be uninformed. So open your Bible at 1 Corinthians 12. We'll be jumping from chapter 12 to 13 to 14. Those were the best chapters I could find on this topic. So 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1 and the ESV starts like this. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Now about this spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. What does he mean? He says, I don't want you to lack in the understanding and the facts. So here, in our terms, you will say, I don't want you to be uninformed what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. And many of us is uninformed. Many of us is unsure on why you actually speak in tongues. Why is there a public tongue? What's the function of it? And the moment you're uninformed, two things possibly can happen. One, you can misuse it. You're uncertain how to use it, so you misuse it. So, for example, even if you have a phone or anything else and you don't know how the phone works, so if you use this phone as a hammer, it's not how it functions. It's not its purpose. So when we are uninformed about the spiritual gifts, and there's this common theme about spiritual gifts, and I hope I get it across but then when we are uninformed, we can misuse it. Or secondly, we resist it. So if you're uninformed about the spiritual gift, you resist it and say, uh-uh, that is too weird. Now, ask me, I am all scared of weirdness. Man, I run when it becomes weird. But there's a purpose. God has still given it to us. And so... When we resist it and you get people like this, especially, maybe, or not especially, but let's say you ask someone, do you eat sushi? And they're like, you know, I'll never eat sushi. They've not even tasted it. You know, they've not, they don't understand it. They don't, they don't even like, 
take just a step of faith and eat it. And there was this time we were in Zambia. I don't know, Louis, you can maybe help me on what it was. Oh, I ate it with Justina. There's, there's this thing, it looks like bologna. Right? But it's ground nuts. It's a crazy, crazy thing. Now, I, I don't like experimenting. So, my wife has been helping me to step out of my comfort. I'm a, I'm a much rhythm guy. I do one thing over and over and I never change. Like, I love that. I don't like new things. Don't put me in new things. I don't know. It's, it's because of Christ that I'm planting churches and going to other nations. But I love my comfort. But now I've been stepping out. But we ate this thing. But you know, I could have said, no, ew, I don't want that without trying it. Now, even though the look of it is not so well and the smell of it is dodgy and <laughs> the way the, the lady sits on the, on the, she sits on this plastic drum and then she sits and then this whole thing is like folded in this plastic. You know, it's, it's extremely dodgy how that thing comes out of there. But you know, if we don't taste it, if we don't try it, we'll never know. Because I tasted it and then I was like, oh, I don't want... But just like 10 or 20 meters down, like Justina, please give me another piece there. No, no, I was eating it again. So that's sometimes how it works with the Holy Spirit. If you can just taste it, if you can just experience what the Spirit wants to do in your life, you'll actually like, oh, let me just get back. Can I just have more Holy Spirit? Can you just give me more? And so Paul encourages us to not be misinformed, uninformed. Just do not be uninformed about the spiritual gifts, my brothers. And then... So we should, we should, if we're uninformed, we misuse it or we resist it. And so this evening we're going to specifically focus on the gift of tongues. And I'll touch a bit on prophecy. Uh, and there's one, there's this purpose that God has given for tongues. So if you have wondered what are the four different tongues, so we four, not, there's not like, there's a gift of tongues. And I think if I'm correct, to use the right term, it manifested, manif- manifested in four different ways, or it does. So just, just bear with me if I explain. Maybe my English is failing me in terms and in words that I need to use to explain this. But there were, there were an instance, there's four different tongues. So there's one that's a tongue that was a native tongue. We'll look at this. That was a, it was a human language, but the people didn't speak it. Understand? So, and then there was this tongue where we, 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 what we are mostly used to, it, it, someone speaks and someone interprets. And then there's this personal tongue that we all speak in or most of us, and we should all desire to speak in it. And then fourthly, that's the first two was public, and then the last two is private. So the one where you speak and you build yourself up. And then lastly, there's a one they call, and they, they, the scripture, they, they supported the scripture from Romans 8.26. That, that says, you don't know what to pray, so the Spirit prays on behalf of you. And they say, that's the tongue of intercession. Now that's the one I, I'm not so familiar with. That's why I don't want to touch too much on it, because it was the first time studying the tongues that I actually discovered um, this and how they use it. So, and it, it's so possible because when we pray, we, we could be busy interceding for something you possibly don't know. Um, and, and especially also when you don't know what you're praying or when you, what you need to pray. So let's look at the first gift of tongues and we're going to see why it was there, the purpose of it. So the first, when the tongue is a sign. So I said when the tongue is a sign. So when there was a time where the tongue, the gift of tongues was for a sign. And Acts 2 verse, Acts chapter 2 was the first time we, we see the pouring out of the Spirit and we see the manifestation of this. And so it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, 
and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now this, when I read this or when I, when I was preparing for this message, this was probably one of the greatest passages I could see. And I was just, even in the, in the, in the week I was telling Pastilma, Pastilma, I've been doing this, uh, I've, I came across this Acts 2 and I actually didn't know this is what happened. And I'm like, my Lord, I would in my lifetime want to experience what these guys experienced in this moment. Now, I've heard of stories on YouTube of guys sharing it, but I want someone to share it here and tell me this moment happened here when the gift of tongues came. They spoke in a language that other people understood. So imagine a language you don't know. So maybe Spanish, maybe, I don't know, Chinese, or if you don't speak Afrikaans, Afrikaans, or some other language, and you're speaking, and you're speaking, and you're speaking, and this person next to you or behind you is understanding you, and they are from Spain, and they're hearing you, and that becomes a sign. And that's what happened. It says that, they, they, they spoke in the gift of tongues and all devoted Jews came from all over the world and they said, but we're hearing ourselves in our own language. Actually, verse 7. Sorry, just continue. The next one says, Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. I can imagine they were bewildered. You'll go insane. Imagine you walk into Europe and you're hearing your native tongue. It is crazy. And then they go and says, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking uh, Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And I can imagine that the Jews said, these guys must be drunk. Luckily, Paul was in his right, uh, Peter, I think, was in his right mind. And he said, guys, it's, it's only midday. Guys who get drunk, they get drunk at night. You know? <laughs> not, in, not, in, not, in the, not in the millennial age. Not in this current generation. But, uh, so it says that there's this moment where these people, so imagine us coming together like this. And things just start shaking. And we all receive this tongue and you think you're speaking in tongues. Meanwhile, people from all across the Rado is hearing us and they're hearing this loud noise and they're coming in at the back and they're like, man, these guys are crazy. They're all speaking in my language. And you know what happens? You know what happens there? Paul starts, Peter starts preaching. And Peter starts preaching, and it comes to a point where they said, we're cut to the heart. What should we do? He says, repent and be baptized. So imagine, so there was this gift of tongues that was for a sign to the unbeliever. So this person started, or this group of people started, spoke in tongues. And other people could understand them and said, what is going on here? Because we could hear them praising God. And this sign became an opportunity for the gospel to be advanced. So you see, even them receiving this gift was never for them. It was for the advancement 
of the gospel. So this sign, and I, I said to the Lord, Lord, may I just in my lifetime experience something like this. Where I think I'm speaking in a tongue, and I hope the person back next, uh, the back of me or next to me is understanding what I'm saying. And they're hearing how I'm praising God. And then all of a sudden, it's this opportunity for the gospel to be advanced. And I think, I, I think it's good to say that we should all desire a moment like that in life. I think we should, it, it's such an important, it's the sign. Imagine this sign, this tongue became a sign and this, they, 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 they opened and they were preaching and then repentance came. So the first tongue, it was a public tongue and they spoke in a native, they spoke in a, a, a earthly language, but this language became a sign and I think it would spare so many missionaries language class troubles. If the Lord can just do this every time we're saying, God, we're, we're going to Angola. Can you please assist us? You know? <laughs> can you please assist us? Like so many missionaries were like, I know there was a guy in, in, in Sierra Leone and he was moving to another place and he had to learn a language and he was telling another friend of ours, um, he said, and I, I just hope. So the Lord has given him a, like a supernatural time of learning a language and he expected it to be the same. And then the Lord didn't do it. Then he had to go to classes for like six months or some, learning a language and getting all these things done. But imagine this. So the first tongue we see that happens is in Acts. And this tongue becomes a sign. And this sign leads to a preaching of the gospel. And this gospel, the gospel being advanced, the kingdom is advanced in this moment. So whenever you are here, whenever you travel somewhere, or maybe you'll become a missionary um, or you come into full-time ministry and you maybe move or plant a church one day or somewhere, that this could happen. This moment in time where you speak in a language, you think you're speaking in tongues, and all of a sudden someone is understanding. And I heard the story, this guy, John Bevere, most of you know him, he actually shared a story on this, where he was preaching, and one of his colleagues decided, like she felt that she should speak in tongues. Um... And, and she was speaking in tongues in the back of the auditorium or the back of the, yeah, where everybody was sitting in the back. And then I think either after or during the service, I don't recall clearly what happened, but it's like the guy turned around and, and, and he told her, but you speak, your French is so well. She's like, I don't speak French. <laughs> you know, and, and, she, and he says, you've been saying everything before he says it. You know, and that became a sign for him. Like that God is in this place. And so the moment I personally think, this not, could be in line with Scripture, but I personally think the moment we focus on God and we offer the advancement of God and for the advancement of His gospel, it's when we're opening doors for God to use us in supernatural ways. But it's the moment it becomes self-centered that I think there's limitations. But when we open and say, God, can I use this for you, for the advancement of your gospel, is when I think, God, I'm actually uses us. And if you think of, of a story where John said, I need to become less. Now, if you constantly want, you're not becoming less to make space for the one who can actually come and do it in you. Like, we need to empty ourselves. We need to get ourselves 
out of it. Today I was in Okahanya and the, the guy was preaching said, why do you think I is in the middle of sin? Because it's I. It's about me. And that's where sin starts. It's in the I. And that's why it's in the middle of sin. So the moment we can get rid of the I, I think God can use us in a lot more supernatural ways that you yourself will be amazed at. And I remember once, this has nothing to do with tongues, but it has all to do with healing. I remember one, I just got saved, and I, I was banking money for the church. Um, and no, I didn't just get saved, because I first worked when I got saved. So after I left my work, maybe I was about, I don't know, six months, eight months. Yeah, and then I, I left. No, I was still work. No, I don't know. But anyway, I was in the bank. I was in the bank, standing in the queue, and I was putting the cash for the teller, and I could see this lady's hands, and she's struggling, and she's struggling, and she's struggling. And I don't know what in me asked her, can I just pray for you? And you know, I just laid my hand, said, Lord, may you please heal her, and I'm out. <laughs> you know, I don't even remember that moment. But I, it was such a time, and it's still such a thing that I trust God for, is that it's not about me in moments like that. Help me to get away from me. Help to get away from my insecurities. And you know, and I think especially when it looks at tongues, the tongues can sound and look so weird. But it's not about us. It's a heavenly language. There's something beautiful to embrace about it. And that was just something off key, but this, uh, off point. But then this is the that was the first one. Is that when a tongue was a sign for unbelievers. And it says, sorry, there's, a, there's another scripture. They just can't continue. One more. Is there just go one more? Yeah. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one as a hymn, a lesson, a revelation. Sorry, no. Just go one back. Okay. Now I want you to speak in tongues. Okay, I think it's this one, yeah. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. To the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Therefore, the one who speaks in tongues should pray that they may interpret. That's not the scripture, but just remain there. I just want to read us one more before we continue to that point. It says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 22, it says this, because this can sound very contradicting. Paul says this, that thus tongues are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. While prophecy is a sign, not for unbelievers, but for believers. If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues, and an outsider or an unbeliever enters, enters will they not say that you are out of your mind? So it's like, he almost like contradicts himself, because he says... Sign is for an unbeliever. And then he's like, but if you all come together and speak in tongues, you're out of your mind. That's what an unbeliever will think. So the difference here, the first tongue that he's referencing today was the sign that we see as well, the native tongue. So the tongue differed. It was a tongue, it was an a, a, a earthly language. That was the first, that was when it is a sign for the unbeliever. Okay. So don't get confused with that. Then he goes on, but if the church comes together and we're all speaking tongues, will outsiders not think you're mad? And I'll help us understand why he said that. 
Because there's something about your individual tongue that is for you. And the next person don't understand it. Paul says, if you speak in tongues, no one can agree with you. No one can say amen. Because they don't know what you're saying. So let's just continue. So the first one is a sign. The second one, it's not about you, it's about the church. So here again, the gift comes to us. And again, it's not about us. It, now it becomes about the church. So the first one was for the advancement of the gospel. It was for, for the advancement of the kingdom. And this one is for us as the church. And it says this. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. So who should speak in tongues? All. So now I want all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets. So that the church may be built up. Therefore, the one who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret that tongue. So what is it saying here? It says that if you speak in a tongue, pray that you may interpret the tongue. Why should you interpret the tongue? So that the church may be built up. So why does God give you a public tongue to come and utter before everyone or stand up in the midst of the congregation and you're speaking in this unknown language and then this other person stands up and they interpret what you say, not translate, they interpret the tongue. So that message is supernaturally dropped into that person's spirit, into their heart. They know exactly what you said. That person stands up, gives the word, and what should we do? We should embrace it. We should not be bewildered by it. When someone rises and speaks in a tongue, and someone else interprets it, we should hear it and say, God, how is this? How are you trying to build us up now? And if you have come to times where it has happened, if you're unfamiliar with it, maybe God will do it this evening. Yeah, I trust so. But if you have not witnessed it, if someone comes up and normally when the person interprets, you'll hear the other people say, Amen, we agree, or there's some type of noise, some type of agreement. Because we embrace saying we know that this tongue was just now released for the building up of the church. So God uses this tongue to build up His church. So don't get scared, don't be bewildered. Don't say, what is going on here? No, Lord, you're building. God is building up His church. Now, one thing I didn't know, honestly, is that the one who speaks in the in, in a tongue can actually interpret it. I didn't know that. So I thought all along that if you speak in a tongue, someone else is going to get up. And they're going to interpret it. So it was quite cool because I've witnessed Pastor Chris do it. So I've witnessed him speaking in the tongue and then interpreting the tongue. And I was also like amazed at it. Like, man, how do you do both things at once? You know, how do you? And, and, but that's what, he, and then what happens. It's not again so much about that gift. It's about what God wants to do in His church. And He wants to build us up. So God uses this gift called tongues to build up His church. But there's an order to it. There's a decent, there's an order. So Paul gives 
the Corinthian steps to say, how should this thing take place in a public meeting? And he says this to them, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So we do it. Why does God give us the gift of tongues in the church? To build us up. If you're uninformed with this, you're missing. It's going right over your head. So it says, for building up, if any speak in a tongue, let there be only two, or at most three, each in a turn. And let someone interpret. But there is one, there is no one to interpret. Let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. And so it says, it concludes, I think, this chapter to say, God is not a God of confusion. So God is not a God that He just comes and we just disrupt and we're just out of order and, and not in order. It's not what He do. He never does it. He's a God of order. And you know, imagine this. If, 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 if the gift is for building us all up, but we're all making a noise, no one is hearing the gift, no one is hearing the interpretation, how should we be built up? So God uses it in an orderly manner and we should embrace it. There's an order to it. So if someone rises, speaks, sit down, someone else can rise and speak to build up the church. So there's an order to how we should do it. So it, it, it just makes sense though. Like, it, It's like a classroom. Let's use a classroom example. Imagine a lecturer teaching and all the kids talking. Makes sense. What can you hear? You can't learn anything. You can't be informed. You can't be encouraged. You cannot. But the moment we respect the order that God puts in place, that someone stands up, someone sits down, and they interpret, it builds all of us up. And that's the purpose of why God gives this tongue to the church. And I, I had. Where, where I'm from, I had, we had many experiences of people in Sunday service, literally in Sunday services, just getting up, speaking in tongues, and someone just starts interpreting it. And there's moments for it, so it doesn't happen out of order or when the worship is on. There's like this moment that's created and someone comes in. And I remember my first, my very, very first time interpreting a tongue, if I'm correct, I think it was here, um, in, 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 this, in this church. Um, at prayer, I think so, if I'm correct, right? But uh, I think it was here for the first time. And, and it was such a moment, I, I didn't know how to explain it. So even if you ask me now, how do you know you have the interpretation? I don't, I'm going to tell you, you just know. Because I don't know how you get it, but you have it. You know? And maybe there is explanations, there is things and things you can listen for, and signs, and you know, at peace or convictions, and all those. But I remember that day, and I remember being insecure about going to say something. But somehow, somehow, I just found myself in front. And I was giving it. You know, and again, that, why, why did I do it? Did I marvel at me? No, it's like, Lord, thank you. Because you're building up the church. And so God gives us this gift of tongue to build up the church. Then, then God gives us this gift of tongues that's for you as an individual. And it says, for one who speaks in tongues, speaks not to men, but to God. 
For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Now whether you think of prophecy, whether you think of tongues, or whether you think of any spiritual gift, it is normally for the building up of the church. It's normally for building up someone else. It's building people up. And then God gives us this gift of tongues that's a language. And it says this gift is your, it's like a private tongue. It's your language and you're speaking to God. It says that you're uttering mysteries in the Spirit. You're uttering mysteries in the Spirit. And it says that it builds us up. Now, on my personal convictions, you won't find me easily talking in tongues in, 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 in church settings or like loudly, rather. I speak quite a lot to myself, tongues, but because I'm quite concerned about unbelievers. So I'm I, like, they don't know what I'm saying. So I, if I invite someone unbeliever next to me, I'll normally stay in my right mind. Um, no, no, those are, those are words Paul used. It says like you're praying with your mind, right? So, but this, the gift, of, of, the gift of, of, of tongues on your person is very important that you use it daily and use it a lot. So while I was in Lesotho, here it's a bit different. I, I just do it all over a lot more. But while I was in Lesotho, every single day I set out a time to pray in tongues for at least 30 minutes. No stopping. Non-stopping. It's all I do. I just pray in tongues, 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 and building myself up, building myself up. And I encourage you that wherever you go, whether you're driving, whether you're walking, whether you're standing in queues, is that you're building yourself up. Keep on building. Keep on encouraging. Keep on speaking to God and not to, not to men. Like you're speaking to God. And you know how you can do it? The one you must do wherever. That's praying. But the other one you should sing. But maybe you're a bit false. So sing at home in the spirit. <laughs> you know? But then you, you have this moment where you can pray in the spirit. You can pray in your and But you can also sing in the spirit. And we should be doing both. So I hope that if you have the gift of tongues, if you haven't, we'll be praying for you tonight. But if you do have, use both. Have times of praying. Have times of singing in the Spirit. And build yourself up in the Spirit. So how do you get the gifts of tongues? And I think one of the, the things that I like about this it's not compulsory. Like, God has never forced a gift on anyone. But Paul, Paul, Paul says it like this. Why do I not know my Bible? Paul says it like this in Corinthians. He says, now you are the body of Christ. Just listen. And individual, uh, individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, um, third teachers, then miracles, the gifts of healing, helping, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, and he goes on, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. The answer is no, but he says this, earnestly desire. Earnestly desire. Do you want the spiritual gifts of God? Desire. Desire it. Do you want to speak in tongues? Desire it. Do you want to prophesy? Desire it. Do you, want to be an, do you want to be an apostle? Desire it. Do you want to be a prophet? Desire. Have a desire. It says, and, he go, and, he, and he concludes to say, 
earnestly desire the higher gift. So we don't stop at one thing. You don't go to primary school and then you don't go to high school. Right? Except under circumstances. Right? So I never went to, <laughs> I never went to university. So, but, but you never stop growing. Let me rather use that. <laughs> you know, you never stop growing. You always want to grow. You always want to grow. You always want to grow. So keep on desiring the gift that God has given us to use for the building up of His church. And then secondly, you can ask for it yourself or you can ask someone to pray with you for the laying on of your hands. And I remember uh, in, my, in my youth, so we, we grew up in a traditional church, like probably like most of you, and then my parents moved to the charismatic church, uh, more charismatic church, a lot more, you know, they called the happy clappy churches. So we also had those, you know, especially if I go and visit my traditional friends, like the guys within the traditional church, and then they'll ask you, are your parents still at the happy clappy church, you know? Because <laughs> that's the churches we attend. We, we enjoy praising God, though. You know, and, 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 and there I was exposed to this a bit, a bit, and they took us on a youth camp. And that time I was not in the Lord. I don't even know how I got it. I end up at the youth camp. And one night, the greatest moment, I remember the first night, the greatest moment to pray for healing. And I was sitting with another friend. Now, all these things are strange. Nobody, I don't know about them. I come from a traditional church, and I had a headache. And so, they asked if someone has any pain, come to the front. And you know, I went to the front, and they prayed for me. And I went back, and my friend was so curious, you know, like, something happened, you know? And I looked at him, I was like, no, <laughs> I still have a headache, you know? But that was us, that was me, not saved and, you know, not, not in faith. So, and it was just a headache as well. But God heals headaches as well. And then the next night, the next evening, we, and now they, they try to rally us together to actually pray for the gift of tongues. And so we, they rally us in a circle. Hey, crazy stuff these people do. So they rally us in the circle. They start praying, you know, praying in tongues. And, and it's this weird, man. In my inside, I'm so uncertain of what's happening now. And, you know, they're praying and they're praying and they're praying. And I know, like, they're approaching me. It's coming. Like, you can't, like, you can't, because it's not just one leader praying that you can move out of the circle and just get into another spot. So they're praying and they're moving. And I remember when the leader came close, I just started saying words. And I remember him saying, like, just continue like that. Just continue like that. You know? But I knew, I knew that, I, I knew, um, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that I, 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 I didn't speak in tongues. And after that, I, you know, I, I never went back to church for years. I didn't attend church and all those type of things. And then God saves me, radically saves me on a lunchtime. Someone sitting with me, sharing lunch with me, shares the gospel with me. I come to salvation, give my life to the Lord. I get baptized the same day and all of a sudden this gift. And he also told me this. He said, the purple book, if you're unfamiliar with the purple book. And he, he said, he gave me a purple book on a follow-up meeting like the next day or something. It's like, so there's this baptism in water that you did yesterday, but there's this baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to desire it. He told me, take the purple book and go and study it. Go and read it and ask God to give it to you. And I remember, even just in that moment, 
I, I went to do it and I came back and asking him um, to pray with me. So maybe a week or so follow up again and I asked him to pray with me and we drove somewhere because we were again in the Wumpy and, and we drove somewhere and he started praying for me, praying for me, praying for me. Nothing happens. And after that I, I went home and I kept praying, God, can you please give me the gift of tongues? I really want this. I really want this. I really want this. And then one day during worship, I actually was praying and I, I was, uh, we were worshiping and I really felt in my heart to, to ask his wife to pray with me. And, and I remember after the service, he, her and her brother started praying with me. And then all of a sudden, just God just baptizes me in the Spirit. And since then, I've just been speaking in the Spirit. I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't speak in tongues and build myself up. Because you know, it says those who persevere to the end will be saved. And we've got to use whatever God has given us to run this race. Whatever He has given us, whatever He has placed and made available for us to run and to help others. That's why we, we have this tongue to interpret to the church because we want to make sure that all of us run and we all come to the finish line and we all celebrate together. And so we use these gifts um, to build one another up. And then Paul comes, I conclude with this. This is my conclusion. My real, real conclusion. Conclusion. Yeah, this is my conclusion. Paul comes with this curveball in 1 Corinthians 13 and he says this, For if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a planning symbol. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to, as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. Without the motivation of love, you just have a gift. And basically it says you have nothing. So without the love to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your, all your mind, all your strength. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. May everything that you do be driven from love. Why did God, why did Christ come to die? Because of love. I gave my one and only son for God so loved the world what does it say I think in Ephesians it says this um, that the, the body is being built up as e uh, the body is being built up in love as each part does it work it's always about love and therefore I encourage you to embrace the gift that God has given us use them trust God for them desire them when there's an interpretation or when there's a, when there's a, uh, when there's a, a, a public tongue, don't get weird or bewildered, but hear what it's saying and hear how God wants to unite His church. And so I, I just want to close with that to say, we use gifts. We use gifts to honor God. We don't use gifts to marvel at your gift. We have never sought after gifts. Never. We use gifts. May you use your gifts, your prophetic gift, your tongues, whatever you have, to advance God's kingdom. May you use your gifts. So we have a vision and a mission on one of these sites and values. May you use your gifts to advance the vision and the mission of this church. We don't build around gifts. We use gifts to advance God's kingdom. And we use this gift to, 
of tongues to build you up. We use this gift of tongues to reach unbelievers. We use this gift of tongues to, um, to build up the church. And the same with the prophetic. You could use prophetic to build up the church. But you can be in a store, get a prophetic work for someone who's unsaved, and you speak so directly into their lives that God just comes and touches them. So why do we have gifts? To build up the body of Christ. Why did God give you a gift? To use it to serve the body, to serve His people, to serve the world. It's not to say how marvelous. Oh, you can interpret. Oh, you can speak in a tongue. Oh, you have the prophetic issue. No. It's about the building of the church. It's about at the end of the day, you're praising God. Saying, God, I praise you for these gifts that you've given us. The common man. How are we worthy to have all of this, Lord? To be part of your kingdom. And you give us all these supernatural things. But he gives it us to us to build up. His church. And so, let's just create a moment. Let's just stand. Maybe, maybe if you can, let's see. We have about three, three minutes. Maybe the band can just come back. Yeah, you guys, the band. Sorry, man. So just, let's just take a moment. So if you, So let's just close our eyes and I want to just create a time where if you first and foremost you don't know Jesus and you want to be in a relationship with Him and you just want to have fellowship with Him, I want to encourage you to, He's speaking to you right now. We're going to make a moment where you can just come and just give your life if you don't know Jesus. But then I also want to create a time where we can um, just, uh, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you're not speaking in a tongue, and, and as Paul says, that desire this. And if you have a desire this evening to speak in tongues and to use this gift to build yourself up, to build up the church, then I want, us, I want, I want to pray for you and if there's anyone who don't speak in tongues and you want to speak in tongues, I want you to come to the front. But we, we will be singing just that last song. Just a part of it. Um, yeah, I don't want... Yeah, yeah. So let's just sing a part of it and then allow God. And if there's a public tongue, then we're going to invite it. And we're going to hear how God built up His church this evening. So let's just open our hearts in this evening as the band just takes us. More aware of your presence, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your
I just have in my heart to say that God wants to use all, every single one of us. There's not a single person here this evening that He wants to leave out. There's no spare will in the kingdom of God. We all have a function. There's no leftover part. There's no outsider. There's no that you don't have anything. God wants to use all of us. And so we just want to create a moment for just for the gift of tongues to, to come and manifest, and especially the, um, the public tongue. So if you have a public tongue, I want you to come and just come and give it. And we're going to trust God for an interpretation of that. So I invite you to come. I invite you to come on whoever's heart it is. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hmm. So I want you to come to the front. want to yeah, trust that we, we will have a public tongue. So I want you to come to the front. If you have a public tongue. Mm, thank you, Lord. So let's just create that moment. 
Auntie, I don't want you to be shy. If you have two to come to the front. Because God uses this to build us up as a church. Um, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. Set apart Christ as Lord and Savior in your heart. Set apart Christ as Master of your life. Set apart Christ. So Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. And God, we thank you through that you're building us up saying, Lord, set apart Christ in your heart. Set apart Christ as Lord. It says, set apart Christ as Lord. If God is not Lord in your life, set Him as Lord in your life. So God, we thank You for that word, God. And I pray that all of us walk out of here with Lordship in our lives, Lord. Father, I pray that You come and remove any Lordship issues, God. Every, anywhere where we're not submitting to your Lordship, God, where we are directly disobeying you, God. I thank you, God, that we set you back on the throne because there's only one throne and it's either you or it's us on that throne. God, and it's better if you're on it. And so, God, we want to come and set you back. Be set apart as Christ. Be set apart as Lord in our hearts. We thank you we can set you apart as Lord. In our hearts. And God, I thank you that you show us areas where you are not Lord. And we come and make you Lord in this moment, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we'll close with this word. And then I'll close for us. So, um, as we were worshiping earlier, the Lord was just speaking. And He showed a, a light over the church us being a body and this light was shining but there was darkness trying to infiltrate it and the darkness seemed so great and then the Lord showed me an image of a heart heart that has false bandages over it that's not completely healing it and then the Holy Spirit is cutting through it as the Holy Spirit cuts through it it flows with a bright light into it bringing healing from within and as he brings that healing the light grows brighter and brighter. It's able to reach the lights out there that are just dim. 
that it's attracting them closer and closer so that they can receive Christ as we are receiving Him. So, I just want to encourage everyone that the way you feel that you haven't received healing completely, the Holy Spirit wants to cut through that, that false bandage and show you the true healing, show you the true love of Christ. Yes, yes. Amen. So let's just close in prayer. Sorry for going over time. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you that this is your church and this is what you made and this is what you intended. And God, I thank you that we can use every single gift, God, to build up your church, to advance your kingdom, to bring you the glory, Lord. And so, God, I thank you for the word that we received. And I just pray again, God, may you be Lord in our lives. May there not be a week that goes by that we become passive, Lord. And may we not um, 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 find security in passiveness, God. Because you want to change us, Lord. You want to change us. You want to make us weekly in and out like you, God. And Father, I thank you that you are building your church. You are building your church. God, this is not a building. It's not an organization. It's a family. Lord, your church is a family. Your church is a family. And your family, your body is being built up as each and one of us does our part. And so God, I thank you as well just for the word, Lord, that God, there will be no darkness, God, in this church. And no darkness, God, it cannot come in, Lord. And we thank you that you're bringing healing, God. And Father, I thank you that we will have no passive Christians, God. No, Lord. You have created us, God. And it will be a tragedy if, a, uh, if, a, if, a, if a, uh, a small boy stays a small boy for 10 years, God. And Lord, you don't want your people to remain the same. And so, God, I thank you. And I thank you that as we go through this series of the Holy Spirit, that you come, Lord. And you come and build us up, God. I pray that you come and unite us like never before as a church, God. Individualism will, 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 will be removed from this church. We're a family united to keep the peace, God. And so let's just open our hands for the blessing. Father, I thank you that you bless us. Thank you that you keep us. Thank you that your face shine upon us. Thank you that you are our refuge, Lord. Father, thank you that you keep us up when we want to go down. That you lift us. That you strengthen us. That you are the rock, Lord. That you are the, you're the foundation that we build on. And if any storm comes, we cannot be shaken. None of us who are going through tough times here, Lord, will be shaken, but will be transformed for the glory of God. We will not be shaken. We will not be destroyed. Sorry, destroyed. But we'll be transformed for the glory of God. So Lord, thank you that you bless us. God, and I thank you that we can be a blessing to this city, to our families, to our friends, and wherever we may be this week, that you have called us to be a blessing. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.